give that shit up, you're going to concentrate on golf. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Great moments are born from great opportunity. You play ball like a girl! Welcome to this week's edition of a Roy Orbison Tattoo Podcast with me, Colm, and my co-hosts, Bossy and Paul. This is the coaching podcast with a difference. We watch a movie, it might help if you watch it too, we get a special guest on, and we discuss the coaching from the movie and how it relates to our own experiences. So whether you're in the car, out for a run or a walk, or just using us to cancel out the noise from the kids in the background, we hope you enjoy. This week's podcast is brought to you by Playerfit. Playerfit provide you with the best apparel so you can emulate your heroes on and off the field. Best technical fabric, it absorbs sweat rapidly and moves it to the surface where it can evaporate and dry. Affordable prices with low minimum quantity needed to order. Bespoke gear designed to the customer's needs. A four-week turnaround from order. Hassle-free online club shop with the benefit of using it as a fundraiser. And if people want more information, they can contact Tyg. Tyg's email is tyg at playerfit.com. Look, tonight we are joined with Massey and Paul, as always. Welcome, lads. How are you going? I'm delighted to say that we have Shane Kern on with us tonight. And Shane has, I suppose... Well-known, well-known GA uh, personality, but you, you've been venturing into the coaching role, coaching field the last couple of years, Shane? Well, yeah, I suppose my, my football career extended into uh, almost um, half my 50th year, well, 44th or 45th, now my 50th year. So I, I, uh, I played, obviously, for quite some time, but, uh, you know, through the latter years, I suppose, well, not, yeah, I suppose from 30, 30 to 35 I'd also been coaching teams as well and, and involved with underage and involved with senior teams and so on and so forth. So I've always had a kind of a, a deep kind of interest in the coaching management kind of aspect of of the game and um, obviously, you know, been involved in soccer in Gaelic and Gaelic and um, now LGFA. You get to see things from different areas and um, I watch a lot of sports. Uh, I'm intrigued by a lot of sports. Uh, I'm intrigued by the by the the mental side of things as far as mental as in as in uh, the mentality of it now, not just as in being mental, but um, <laughs> certainly my own my own background in, in business and sport and work and uh, now with the, the GPA with with um, the LGFA I should say has been really you know all these lessons that you learn have been have been crossed useful and and um, look at you know sport has been very good to me and yeah. do you think do you think then you say your background in sport has helped you in your in the business world in te- terms of not so much your contacts or anything like that but in, in what you've learned say in the dressing room and on the training pitch ah, look <laughs> I think sometimes um, it's not that I'm a multi-millionaire or anything like that but um I think what sport teaches you, you know, too, I, I've kind of gone through the downside as well with obviously the, the downturn in the construction sector in the, in the noughties and all that went with that. Um, and you do learn to be resilient. I think it's, that's the one thing it shows you. And uh, you learn to kind of, I suppose, put things in context. The resilient side of things, you know, when you, I suppose, you, you go through so many defeats. And a lot of sporting careers really are about defeats, more defeats than, than victories, unless you are. Dublin, of course, um, or, or Manchester United. Though they've hit a rocky patch, and my team, the Gunners, have hit a rocky patch. But most of the sport for 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 um, any was at any level, there's an awful lot of defeats involved in it. And um, 
some you have to be resilient. You have to look on the positive side of things. You have a kind of a sunny side of the road outlook, and um, that that kind of helps you, I suppose, then in terms of uh, your ordinary life, your work life. You know, when you meet that those brick walls that um, you you can get through them, and you can see maybe a different a different context to, to what's going on. Excellent. And I suppose look, the, the film you've you've chosen for us this week is a film called Sharpa, which is on Netflix, and it was a, a kind of a documentary that was uh, like from, from reading up on it. It was a documentary that was planned, and it got a small bit turned um, through the events of it. And I suppose what what brought you to picking this movie? Well, to be honest about it, um, I, I think uh, through this lockdown and things like that, I've become a kind of a Netflix um, kind of binge watcher. So I kind of watch now and again a few films and maybe a few docu-series and, and uh, gone through the Narcos and uh, one of the, I've gone through Suits, actually, and a few more of them. And um, I, I would never really watch television apart from current affairs or something maybe in politics or travel. Uh, or, or definitely and sports that's really it and very even rarely at that but um, yeah no I was just looking at looking for them to watch one night and I seen Sherpas and um, I just said I took into it I'm kind of fascinated by by, by all that anyhow um, I started doing a lot of walk and, and, and when we're walking my, my colleagues and I and my friends we, we start dreaming up these things about climbing the Andes or the Himalayas or the the um, Alps or whatever the Everest or whatever it might be, and then we we come to our senses about ten points later, you know, <laughs> and we say no, it's much easier having a walk along the roads and, and drink a few cans. But um, yeah, so kind of when I seen it, I thought maybe this could be a good film, you know. Yeah, and and like I suppose, look, I suppose the first thing from my thing the Sherpa like and I would have learned in the movie was Sherpas I would have always just thought Sherpa was the name of the person that helped the westerners get up the mountain whereas Sherpa is actually a tribe it's actually an, uh, an ethnic group like that's right yeah it's an ethnic group yeah in 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 the in the Himalayas yeah and uh, the, the towns around it and the I suppose the abject kind of poverty of it but also the humility of the people I think that's something that really strikes me um, how humble they are, um, but then also how on one side you've got this party, and how on the other side then you've got this almost ugly wealth, really, in terms of the people who want to climb it. But they cannot; they are so reliant on on the knowledge, um, and the humility, and the courage, really, as well, of the Sherpas to actually help them achieve their goals and all the money in the world. Um, can't buy what they want to do without actually being reliant on the skill sets as well of these people in obviously incredible, incredible conditions sometimes um, going up through that the ice pack and or attacking the, the various faces of it and um, knowing the dangers that you face um, and they do it simply and solely to provide um, something that we take really um, for granted here in, in the Western world and, you know, freedom, uh, education, uh, food. Um, there's, no, there's very little mod cons. Um, so there, it's, it's a huge, huge, because I thought it was a really, really good film from that point of view, not, not, to, not to mention then just the, all the other things that um, you rely on really in life terms, you know, and... Uh, 
I think in the end as well, you know, how they come together and they fight uh, as a group, um, an ethnic group, but also a culture group and also a, a, a team uh, for better conditions against the government. Um, I, I thought that was kind of fascinating as well. So there was a, a political a life experience and, and, and in some context then sporting experience because of the people that want to get there and um, that's their sport uh, but for the Sherpas it's a way of life and it's a way of living. And, and like just the, from all that then like let's say from a coaching perspective like as, as I said what what would you have got out of the film um, be, like as I said was there anything specific like that you're going I might just bring that back to the GA because look I know you mentioned Owen Mooney already and I know Owen is a unique enough coach I think he'd probably say himself with the, the content and the type of coaching he does with, with adult teams is there anything you took out yourself out of the movie? Yeah I, I think from the movie if actually if you if you actually imagine the, the, the um, if, you, if you could re-engineer it um, if you imagine a, a, a mountain turned upside down really or, or like a, maybe an iceberg um, and all that actually goes on underneath the surface uh, all the hard work that, that people have to do um, on one side to survive uh, and on another side then um, to try and get there as, as lay people so all that hard work is not seen you don't see all these things are very abstract you know um and when you when you when you correlate that with 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 kind of a team or a team ethic it's the things that people do outside of the coaching environment and outside of the the um the work that the practice environment that actually when people are looking that make up and probably help you become far more successful than you, you actually can be. So if you look at the Sherpas and things like that, it's how they prepare for actually hitting those mountains, knowing the times that have to that they can, knowing that there's such a tight frame, knowing that so much planning has to go into it. And then for the other people as well that come there, having an understanding, um, even though they're from very privileged backgrounds, that they are reliant on the, on those coaches, those managers, to keep them safe and um, help them achieve their goals. So in 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 a kind of a re-engineered way, you've got all the, the, the intelligence with the people who in, in kind of life terms we would deem maybe poor or impoverished, but you've got the others who are so reliant on them. And it's kind of like a manager-coach-player uh, dynamic. Players are reliant on management. They're reliant on coaches um, to help them get better. And on the flip side, then, the, the, the manager and, and coaches are hoping that their messages and clarity is enough to allow the players uh, have a belief system all of their own to, to, to get there and, and do the things that off the pitch um, are required to make you become better. If that makes sense. Brilliant. Yeah, for like, for, for me, I very much took that out of it. Like the Sherpas are doing all the donkey work and the hard work. And it was only, it was only talking to the column that I realized they were kind of, they're, they're 10 weeks trekking towards 
base camp and then they're up and down from, from camp to camp, Logan Gear. And it's very much like them people in the club who are foraging away in the background. They have the nets up, the pitch is cut. Like every time we go to the pitch now next week when we're, we're back fully or, or last week when we got back with the, with the kids, things just seem to, to happen and, and be there for the players to, to perform and, and enjoy themselves and whatever. But there is a big industry that's going on in the background your secretary who's who's probably putting in a 30 or 40 hour a week voluntarily into the club, you know, and there's a huge amount of that. And you talk about Shane, you going and, and, and prepping for your training sessions with, with the club. And you put in and you talk to owner, you talk to anyone else, and you're putting two or three hours or or or, or more of specific talk towards a, a the session on a on a Thursday night. And it goes smoothly. But if you weren't doing that talking in the background, tours, they could be a disaster because of that. Yeah, th- that's correct, Paul. And I think, you know, the, 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 the comparisons that you draw there are, 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 are 100% on the ball. Um, how, you know, it's about how in- interdependent we are on each other, I suppose, to be successful. And um, you're quite correct there. Like so much goes on behind the scenes, you know, that people never see. And in Sherpas, um, you know, that, that thing about lugging for 10 kilometers and even the donkeys, you know, how important that, that the donkey is um, to their journey to carry all that gear and the planning that goes into that. It seems very simple, but if it's not done correctly, um, all of these things break down. Um, and that's kind of, I suppose, the, the overriding thing for me. But also the humility as well, I suppose, to be fair, um, on the other side, on, on the on the um, rich side, and people that, that come from very obviously privileged backgrounds, and um, they they have shown a kind of humility as well in many cases, an understanding of the issues and the problems that that those uh, that help them achieve their goals have, um, notwithstanding the fact that they they've committed an awful lot of of finance and money that you know while in many cases it's a pimple on an elephant's arse to a lot of these guys. Um, they still want to achieve that goal of getting to the top of the mountain. So for the team or for the coach, that's what we, we speak about. I suppose it's not the it's not it's not it's not we very rarely and Owen and I probably very similar in many ways. We very rarely winning mention winning or 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 been, been successful. We look at the ways to win. So in terms of the the mountains, like how do you get to top? So the chunk of down, the chunk of, we get past this pass, we get past the ice break, we get to this, and we get to that. And and in terms of sport as well, you kind of chunk up your season or you you chunk up your preparation, you break it down, you make it more understandable, you make it easier to to probably achieve. And I think if you're if your um programs and your planning and your team have a belief system, well, then it's a lot easier maybe get success. You, you won't get success all the time. You're not going to win all the time. But if your program is good, you're giving yourself and your players the best chance of, of being, you know, the best they can be, I suppose, is a cliche now, but certainly to, to achieve in their goals over a period of time. And uh, that's what happened in my career, you know, 25, 30 years. And at 42, 
I end up winning more in my 40s than I did in my tw- my teens, my 20s and my 30s. And um, so that's the kind of thing that kind of, you know, you get you gain those experiences and it helps to stick with you, you know. And do you as a as a coach and a manager, do you set more short term goals for your team and individuals rather than set one big goal for the end of the season type thing? Yeah, no, very, very much so. Very short term goals, um, Moss. Um, I mean, for example, this season now we we chunk it up and you have, you have a preseason which which the lads are, are already in, um, and that will in the end of June, in sorry, the end of May, and that's chunk one or quarter one. Then they will have the league, and that's that's chunk two. Um, then they will have the league championship, that's chunk three. And then they will have their knockout championship, which is chunk four. And I think, you know, you, you can never do anything about, about the past, but you can learn for the future from the past. And I think when you break it down into smaller little things, it doesn't seem like this big goal at the real end without any journey. So maybe the steps on the ladder is a, is a comparison or whatever it may be. Um, that you, you kind of understand that you can't go from from Z to A without going through the alphabet or, or you can't go off the top of the ladder without going through the without going through the rungs. And I think for players as well, it's easier to give them feedback throughout the season. You can have an analysis and a measurement which we, we have. We have measurement tools for the fitness. We'll have measurement tools for the skills capability. Obviously with results then you can look at performance analysis. You can look at things where you can improve them through the league games. You can analyze the players and say, well, you started here, April the 11th, on April on May the 15th, you're here. This is either a huge improvement or it's an improvement or it's a marginal gain or maybe you've gone back because you're injured. But it, it's explainable and it's it's clarity and it's also it's it's um it, it's it's out of the open and it's very, very clear and concise and, and planned. And I think if you do that. That's, I think now nowadays players just want that. They want that kind of element. They want certainty, you know, and they want clarity. And um, the other thing that I suppose maybe wasn't in the film, but it was touched on sometimes, um, is you you, you need you need you need to have fun as well. And and uh, that's certainly one of the parts of the things that we build into our season. So, for example, we have. I'm looking forward to them actually three barbecues. And um, so the barbecue in June, the barbecue in July, and the barbecue in, in August. And they'll be like mini celebrations um, of what the, the players have achieved to date. And I think um, sometimes we forget about that. These guys have lives as well and they have to live. No, do you know what, Shane? I think, and, and, and it wasn't something I, I, I kind of, I, I, I draw the comparison until you started talking there. But like with Everest of that base camp of getting yourself in a position to be able to compete and play, and then we'll say camp one, two, three, and four up to the up to the summit, I suppose, is very much that opportunity to build as the year goes on and add layers to it. And like the, the, the thing I found most interesting, and I know they didn't get to it in the film, but like the Sherpas were never were rarely going to go up the whole way to the summit with the with the, the climbers and it's very much comparable then to the player of the coach and the management will, will put the structures in place have the element of fun have training laid out but then but the players are going to have to do it themselves and they're the ones who are 
crossing the white line and, and, and have to get the job done eventually. So there really is great ways to compare it. And like even like coaching and management and, and playing, it isn't all playing side and like and that we'll say that kumbu ice fall, that kind of glacier where the, the ice is constantly moving. That's where a lot of the season kind of hinges on is how you deal with them kind of setbacks that, that come at you at different stages, you know? Well, very true, Paul. Yeah, and again, you put it very well. I mean, that's that's exactly it. And I, I think also players need to understand as well that you're going to you're going to you're going to meet turbulence, you know. Um, but it's how you react. It's it's and and really this goes back to having a very very clear message and understanding that yes, the management or the Sherpas are here to bring you so far. But ultimately, um, you know, you have the responsibility of taking on responsibility at certain times. But again, I think that if you draw the comparisons, that is 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 very coachable. And for people who actually are high achievers like that, they understand that. And the blame game or the excuses are left outside the door almost the minute you come into it. So... Once the journey is started, uh, and I'm a big, big believer in this, that you outline very, very clearly at the outset what the goals are, the pitfalls you will meet, the opportunity, have a very, very clear picture that's easily explainable to the players. And once you once they understand that, then no player can say to you, well, you didn't tell me this and you didn't tell me that and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. Because in a lot of cases, some people and some players are always are looking for excuses, possibility away from a group very, very early by setting out your goals very, very clearly. And uh, that would be something I would be a believer in. I think if you're investing time in, in a journey that they've got to know what that journey can bring, as you said, with the ice pack, with the going through that that ice layer, um, you know, having <laughs> ice potentially come down and drive a spear through you, and you're you're not talking about a football match, you're talking about your life, um, that um is on the line here, and sometimes okay, we say football, what's what the the Bill Shankly analogy, but um, I think we we um we all know that uh, it's not life or death, but you know. You were invested in it. We 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 want it to be, you want it to be really really uh, organised, and I think that's what players demand nowadays, and that's that's fine because I think I think sometimes you have to be truthful as well about this when you when 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 players see guys like me coming in, and uh, you know the Sherpas don't get much money, and and I'm, and to be fair, like we don't get an awful lot of money to coach or manage either, but we get we get compensated for it for our time now, which is, which to my mind is correct and right, if you're good at what you do. But if if the players know you're getting compensated for it, they've got to be getting something in return. So what are they getting and what is your clear goal for those players? And I always say to them, what they're getting out of it is the chance to be a hero. And that's really it when you're a Gaelic football player. Can you be a hero? And, you know, for us in our own village when we won the All-Ireland, yeah, that's what we are, and that's what you become. 
uh, if you play for a Scarman, you win a Connacht Championship, you become a hero. If you if you're a girl and you you play for your club, you every player, every person, be it lady or gent, be it soccer rugby, every single one has their own ambitions, and those ambitions, um, are the responsibility in in a lot of cases of the managements to help them realise those ambitions and put as best possible practice in place for them to do so. And I, that's kind of my philosophy on um, my philosophy on it. And I've been very lucky in life in that I've had a lot of really good mentors. So like the Sherpas, they had huge mentors that kind of have a, a hierarchy of mentorship within their groups. And, and they're, they, they, they're, they're consumed by, by the intelligence that these guys share over experiences of a long period of time. And, and I think that's something that is respected by, by those that want to climb it um, and those that the Sherpas in who, who actually help those people climb it. Just when you're on about heroes there, Shane, it just came into my head there. And I, I don't think a lot of players think about this. Is that like every training session, every match is an opportunity for that player to do something. They might be, say, 16 to 25 in the panel or whatever it is. But like the player has to go out in the mentality that I'm going to do something training tonight to impress my teammates, impress my management, and also do it for myself, improve myself. And I think a lot of players who are substitutes, sometimes they get lost in that and just go through the motions rather than, actually just, you know, nail themselves to the mask, basically, and going to putting themselves out there? Um, I, I, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree with that, Marcy. But I, I also think as well that um, it's incumbent on any management team to treat players, all players within a group, equal. So some are more equal than others. We all know that. And there is a, there is a natural hierarchy. But I think in any group, any player should feel that if they're putting in a relatively uh, good uh, commitment and their attention to detail is strong that they can have a chance of being better. So they can move up the ladder from 30 to 15. 13 can go down the ladder from 24 to 22. And that's one thing that in, in, in our groups, and I want to be very strong on that, you can't be seen to be talking out the boys your mouth by not giving people an opportunity. So it's, it's, um, it's a difficult one in some cases, but if you have a strong group, they've all got to feel respected and that their, their time and their energy is respected. And that if, for example, a player drops out, that you can show them the reasons why he's dropped out in a competent way and in a way that also is, is caring, I suppose, to that player, uh, provided he's not taking the mickey, you know? So some of them do, and that, that has its own consequence. Um, but in general, I, I'd have to say that my experience has been quite good, very good. Um, but um, you're always going to have challenges when you're dealing with a group of 30 people, same way as you will have in, in, any, in any walk or shape of life. But if I think if people are really good at what to do, so if you're in a job and you're, you come in and you're really good at it, that person's got to think, well, I've got a chance of, of climbing the ladder here. And it's no different really in football. I think as well, I think that's completely bang on Shane and in terms of of that panel it's of course the top five or six fellas who are playing and and the team is winning are going to have a really good maybe have a good opinion of a coach or manager but it's them fellas further down the pecking order that 
aren't making a 24, aren't seeing any game time, but are putting in the exact same effort. It's what do they think of you and how are you treating them? And I remember, I remember listening to Liam Sheedy there a number of years ago and at, at training sessions, he spent his time focusing on them lads from 15 to 32 or, or 36 or whatever it is and, and, and finding out about more about them as people and getting them to reach that higher level and higher bar themselves rather than going, you know, we're just going to focus on the top 15. They might have already peaked out in terms of the max they can achieve, but there's huge opportunity, be it for the young lad coming through, the young lad or, or anyone within the panel, just giving them the opportunity to excel and, and, and be treated properly is, as you say, is absolutely spot on. No, absolutely, Paul. And, and what I see, I find, um, I find personally now, I suppose, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm just a bit different anyhow. I think fucking about things a little bit different. My own wife can't still make me out. I'm three years married and, uh, and four years gone out before that. And she'd still say, I still, I, I, you come up with fucking some dangerous ones, you know. But um, I, I, I actually think in, in coaching terms, um, and and I look at I look at, at Inley with the likes of Dublin and, and, and people like that, not because of the money or not because of 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 anything that you know a lot of people would pinpoint. I feel envious of them because they they've put a particular system in place and a structure that has developed over time, but had to have there had to be something at the outset that you know made them made them kind of look closer at themselves. So I kind of call it an E plus R equals O. There's been over dub over a period of time for 30 years, people said W should have been winning all Ireland. Of course it should have been. That means them they had they had may not have had the money at the time, but they certainly had the people. So they had a lot of events over a number of years that they looked at and said, look, we are not getting the proper proper response out here. We're not getting the proper outcomes. So they decided out of those events to put in a response to get the outcomes. And I think that's very, that's why they're so successful now. They've actually closed the gap between the knowing and the doing, if you understand it, yeah. if you get that. There's, there's an awful lot of information out there. There is a plethora of information out there. There's a gargantuan fucking amount of information out there. In coaching terms, in life terms, in in wellness terms, in skill terms, in unit, whatever fucking term you want, you can get whatever information you want on Mr. Google, and you can be downloading until you're one million and twenty-five if you live that long. Most people have the intelligence to take in the information or maybe filter it, but very few have the, the ability and the capability of closing the gap between the knowing and the doing. Very few, because something will get in the way of their, their belief process. Something will put them offside. It could be the look at the Sherpas. It could be something like the, the mountain falling or the, the snow coming or the blizzard coming because it wasn't planned. Something with a bad management team or a poor management team or a poor structure, something will infiltrate that space. And that means 
they're E plus R, they will never have a good outcome because the response has been, been, been diluted somewhere else, if you understand me. You know, the, the Dublin one's a, a, a real interesting one and, and, and something that doesn't get talked about a lot in the commentary around it is they're getting so many players up to base camp, we'll say, to use yes. the, the Sherpa analogy. Because of how good their games program is at under 8 to under 12, into under 13 to 16 age group, and then into adult. Like, yes. I'm, I, I'm a club player in Dublin, and if I play bow codes, now I'd need to be getting picked on the team now to, to be getting the amount of game time. But I, I could potentially get 26 league games in bow codes and another six championship games without winning a single one, you know? So I have 32 opportunities to improve in a year. Not that I'm going to, right? Yeah. But that's laid out for, for Dublin people. And I know population does have an, an effect on that by the amount of teams competing in leagues, etc. But Dublin have done a really good job at getting people playing, staying, and staying in GA because of the good quality games program. And like, yeah. I know COVID's thrown it out a bit, but in Dublin, you know when matches are on. Yeah. It stays fairly rigidly to a certain calendar. And it'll be even better again now. Um, but it's they're getting so many people up to a certain standard that, as you said, if things don't go well, they're only going to fail a little bit downwards towards base camp and they'll be they'll be back up again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I and and again, I don't I don't um I don't subscribe to the notion that the money is the thing. Okay, and, and yeah, of course it's an element, absolutely. But the structures are the are are the core structures. They're 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 BBOs, for example, their beliefs, you know, their behaviors equals their outcomes all the time. And that comes down to influence. The people who are influencing them, the people who restrict them. And an influencer is never neutral. It's not possible. It's either Jackson or Johnson. It's either good or it's bad. It can't be neutral. And and that's my belief. I just try, I don't think anything can be neutral in terms of how, how you're influenced. You can, you can only really follow the leader. And, and in Dublin, there's a lot of leadership from, from a business point of view with Pat Gilroy starting it out, the, great, the, the late, great Kevin Heffernan, um, the coach who's involved with DCU still, uh, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Whelan. All these guys that came along and realised that they couldn't keep doing things the way they were doing it. They knew what was required to put the people in place, the leaders in place with the influence. And that's, that's really why they're successful. Can any other county follow that model? My belief is absolutely. But you do need, you do need support. But no matter what you talk about, and people talk about, about influence, they talk about leadership, they talk about culture. Culture is another word, lads, that's kind of come up over this. You know, it's grown in, it's grown in the mythology of, of sporting excellence. We hear, I hear, you know, hear everybody talking about culture from, from, from the managers like Cody. But what does culture start with? What does it actually start with? Where's the, the start point? It's you. It's people. That's what culture is. It's people. It's simple. 
pure and simple. Why is Facebook so great today? It's not because of the culture. It's because of the people. So people actually create the culture. Culture doesn't create. Culture is abstract. Culture is like the word intensity. What's intensity? It's nothing without people. You know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that you know you can you can float around the the other, you can float around the outside, but at the end of the day, what it all boils down to is pe- people. I wouldn't be talking to you tonight unless Mossy Ring reaches out to me. You know, so you start a podcast. How the fuck are we going to do this? Who are we going to get? Who's going to call some fella? How does business start? It all starts. People do business with people. It's no different in sport. It's all about relationship building. You know, and as you said there, by Liam Sheedy, like I've been over fortunate enough to go to Arsenal on numerous occasions and, and Des Ryan was over at Arsenal. He's actually gone back to Satanta now. Des's biggest thing is relationship building. Own Mooney, relationship building and understanding that that's what makes people tick. I think the great John Morrison said, it's not how people, it's not what you say, it's how you treat. And that is so right. Like in anything you do, um, and, and, and I can tell you nowadays, um, and I don't like speaking about this because I think there's a whole other, other aspect of mental well-being, the mental health, the mental health, there's a, there's a kind of a con job of a, an industry having grown up, grown up around it. But there is a major issue in terms of the mental health now of, of everybody and players in particular and how you, how you coach them, how you respect them all across the board is very, very important. And how one wrong word can really be, be very damaging. And like I, I know fucking saying, geez, I make 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 I don't know many. I make mistakes every day, and I'm fifty years of age, and I'm still making. Following on from that, Shane, right? So you're after talking about your three barbecues in May, June, and July, okay? Do you think that any individual yeah. training session will contribute more to that group than any yeah. of them three days? I fucking tell you, I hope not, because I intend to get a right, have a right good night of the <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I tell you, I tell you, if the training sessions are better than the barbecue, we're, we're fucking we're fucked. <laughs> Talking about barbecues, um, I was living over in Cardiff there a few years ago, and I was involved with the GA club over there. And our numbers are small as a small city and in a small Irish community. So, we, we, you know, we might get 15, 16 training one night. You might get eight another night. You might get 20 another night. But one night we decided to have a barbecue after the session. So the wife came down and she set up a mini mini barbecue, brought down a box of beer. And after session, went over and had it. And it was the best session we've ever had. Just the crack sitting around after training, having the burger, having the sausage, having a, a beer. And then we had a full crew the following week with a couple of new members. It's just, just all about having fun and enjoyment. It's so important because, like, obviously we're with a team, Moan and I are with a team this year, and you, we don't get a chance to get to know them, the players, obviously, like you would in normal cases. But we, we just set out a, a three-question questionnaire to them there in February just to kind of get some feedback about where the, where the thought they were, where the thought the club were, what the thought could be done to 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 kind of help them elevate themselves to a next level and to a man they all said we actually don't know each other 
right? So how do you get them to know each other? They're going to get, like, you, you got to have other things other than just meeting up at the park at 8 o'clock every Friday and Saturday to meet fucking Shane Kern and all Mooney because I want to tell you something. That won't be fun after after six or eight months listening to two or three fellas ramming on at you. Well, you know what I'm saying? You, you get a chance to see see actually what's behind them. You know, maybe meet the, meet the parents or, um, you know, I know we'd always be talking about how, how the work going, how's the college going, how's things going. That'd be going on anyhow. But then maybe you get to see them with a few pints. You know, you get to, you get to see them in a different way, in a different light, you know. Um, like, for example, I, I always look, I always kind of look at things. How does, how does it behave, for example, around the group? You know, how will he behave when he's out in, in social co- company? How will he do things, you know, that you may not necessarily see? Because if, if, you, if you look at and you think about this in greater terms, why do people, why does the likes of big organisation, why would any organisation hire a person for a job? Will it be because of the resume and their experience? Would that be a fair point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and why do, why, why, resume will be one of the biggest things now on the thing. Did you get 600 points when you're leaving? Did you work for KPMG? Did you do this if you want to become an accountant, right? Why will people, why will companies fire people? It's generally because of the behavior. It's generally because of the behavior. The behaviors change or or something happens that isn't right or they're not performing, which is behaviors off, which are off, off the work. And that's the effective between the knowing and the doing. And, and you have to get behind all of that, I think, to actually see... Um, how how the dynamic of a team structure works with, with, with individuals of many different many different uh, many different personalities, you know. That's anything else on the movie before we wrap up? Yeah, one part of this the movie that um, really annoyed me was the uh, the American the rich American guy, and he asked them who owns them, as in about the Sherpa people, and he was when they're confrontation like who owns them, and I thought it was just very. Just he wasn't a nice guy, and then he was comparing the Sherpas to terrorists, mm. and I just thought yeah. that was outrageous. I thought he was just it was a Mayfainer that guy. I didn't like him. No, and kind of that arrogance and that that lack of humility. I mean, and and I think also you can you can see it in some some teams and and some individuals the almost the sense of entitlement. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that, that entitlement, that, that kind of, you know, I'm, I'm better than you, you're this, you're that. But he doesn't actually realise that he's actually subservient to those people to actually help them achieve his goals. And his arrogance does show through. And, and um, look, that, that can be, again, you can look at that, draw comparisons in teams, you know, where Paris Saint-Germain last night, they were, they were arrogant, they were, they were, Subservient, little. They were they were not subservient. They were they were they were just bad mannered. Uh, they were getting beaten. They were they were um, spoiled. I think Duff called them spoiled brats. And that's probably that's why a lot of their behaviours goes unchecked. Um, because managers don't know how to handle the 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 the, the um the personalities and the the kind of fo- the type of entitlement these guys feel because they're so much money or whatever it may be. That's that's um 
another aspect of, of coaching and, and, and management that uh, you've got to eradicate out of a group because that's a bad behaviour. Um, yep. the behaviour that can't be tolerated. Yeah, definitely. You talk about culture there earlier on, Shane, like, and it's it's really, and, and, and PSG last night, how, how do you behave when the shit is just falling asunder all around you? Do you still have a yeah. certain level of, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to still hold myself in a certain manner when things have completely fallen asunder? Standards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely, Paul. You, you're you're 100 right, and and but and again, that's why it's so important. I think look look at it. It's so important that your 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 belief system and your core values, that your core is strong, and your belief is strong. Players, you you won't have people players themselves. So the the the, the the, the the team within the team create create their own set of values and they don't tolerate anything that's outside of that that will will get in the way and um like we we had a situation last year uh, where um after a final a player was looking for a jersey but he didn't get that jersey and they won the championship with us he didn't get that jersey because done something on the on on up to the match we didn't know and had we known about it we wouldn't have done anything about it it would have been up to the players and they took that that in in their in their in their their leadership role and said no he's not getting that jersey it's going to the player that got it on the day and um that was down to leadership within the leadership role the leadership model and that encouraged throughout the year sometimes it takes it's a lot of people young and I do always say this to, to young people as well and, and gone through it myself and I'm sure you've all experienced and you're experiencing as a uh, as coach will be people who are wherever else but then there are other people who may elevate to for example maybe business uh, other people who may elevate to um, private or public sector and in every society somebody will actually be looking up to them in their community somebody will be saying i want to be like him so they're actually role models at all times and i think to encourage that is very important to encourage people to come out of the shell and say well look at i'm only 21 who'd be bothered looking at me but there's a seven-year-old kid in the park who's looking at you who actually wants to be you because he sees you with the county jersey or he sees you winning the championship with the club or sees the way you're doing things, or whatever it may be, whatever whatever is 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 the, is the in vogue for that particular person. So everybody is a role model. Every person has the potential to be something, whether it's a coach, whether it's a top class footballer, whether it's a top class uh, worker, whatever it is, and um, they all have 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 something that they can achieve, and that somebody then will actually look at them and say, I'd like to be like them. And if you look at maybe your own careers of that, I know my own one is littered with people from, from my dad to my coaching school to people I work for to now, I would say Owen is 15 years younger than me. I actually learned things off Owen day in day out. He's a huge mentor to me um, and he taught me how to do things a lot differently. And also 
uh, elderly people that I would have been around all my life um, are always great soundboards. Uh, and you, you just have that open mindset that you can learn no matter what you're doing from everybody. But also that on the flip side, everybody's maybe looking at you and saying, I want to be Mossy. And maybe they're not looking at you, Mossy, but maybe they're looking at Paul. <laughs> you obviously haven't seen the pictures on the, on the Zoom there, Shem. <laughs> you get my drift, lads. You get my drift. We do, we do indeed. Um, look, Shane, we, we leave it at that. Thanks very much for your time. Um, thanks, Paul and Mossy as well. Thanks, Colin. We are into season four now, so thanks to everyone who has listened so far. We would be grateful if you would take the time to give us a retweet on, on Twitter or just share with your friends. It would also be great if you could give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean a lot to us, and we'd really appreciate that. Hope you all have a great week. We'll talk to you next Tuesday when we're talking to Noel McNamara, and we are watching Hoosiers. See you next week, everybody.